is not about how big your list is, but rather the engagement level of trust you build with your audience over time. Do you want to impact the world and still turn a profit? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to Growth Everywhere. This is the show where you'll find real conversations with real entrepreneurs. They'll share everything from their biggest struggle to the exact strategies they use on a daily basis. So if you're ready for a value-packed interview, listen on. Here's your host, Eric Sue. Hey everyone, just a quick heads up that we're giving away a ebook called 29 Growth Hacking Quick Wins. We co-authored this book with Matan Griffel of One Month, and it'll give you a solid base on where you can create growth ideas from. So all you need to do is text QUICK TIPS to 33444. That's the word QUICK, Q-U-I-C-K, and TIPS, T-I-P-S as in sugar, to 33444, and you get instant access. All right, everyone. Today, we have Navid Moazes, who helps entrepreneurs create and promote and profit from virtual summits. You know, I just recently did a virtual summit myself and Naveed's actually the master at doing it. He's done quite a few of these and you're going to learn about what a summit is exactly in this interview. Naveed, how's it going? It's going well, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being on the show. So why don't you talk a little bit about, you know, your your background and kind of what you do? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, it's kind of interesting how I got into virtual summits, but in the first place, you know, I I was in law school and then I came to the conclusion I, I really don't want to do this. I probably had this, you know, even when I grew up, I wanted to live this extraordinary life, the freedom now at the time of this recording, I'm in Cancun. So I have this lifestyle now, but it was not always this way. So when I was there in law school, I kind of wanted to figure out a way to maybe start a business eventually, but I was probably a very unlikely entrepreneur. You know, I didn't have any parents growing up. They were not entrepreneurs. They were academic. But So it kind of gave me the guts to I, I always wanted to achieve something great. But I, I was by no means an entrepreneur. But then I stumbled across some great books there. When I was like in law school, I didn't know what to do. I read the Thinking Grow Rich as big impact on my life and also how to win friends and influence people. And eventually that led me on a path where I met more people, like entrepreneurs, they were doing cool things, they were traveling and so on. And then I just, I got more interested in it. You know, there was like this spark in myself that I wanted to go after this. But I, that was actually when I stumbled across Tim, uh, Tim Ferriss' book, The 4-Hour Workweek, which I'm sure many people in your audience, they, they've already read. I read this book, but honestly, it was just like, wow, you can do this. But then I procrastinated. I didn't really know what action steps to take. So that was around 2011, I believe. You know, I, I read his book and, and I met a lot of people while traveling to the States and to the UK. And then in 2012, I got a mentor. And for, you know, that, that was the first time I ever invested in myself a little bit. It was not that expensive, but I still got some accountability and worked on my mindset. But still, I was jumping around from one thing to another. And then fast forward to 2013, this like pivotal moment in my life, kind of the turning point when my younger brother, he passed away. And that was just devastating for me and my family. And I didn't really know what to do since I've been talking for so long about launching something, you know, launching a business, launching a brand, but I haven't done anything. So then I just decided to go for it. I looked for an opportunity and launched my website with an interview, ironically, an interview with 
Pat Flynn. So I just reached out to him and he said yes. And I interviewed him for my website basically before I even had a podcast or anything. I didn't have a website when I reached out. I just said to him, hey, Pat, you know, he, he was inviting people from his audience to to feature them on their website, whether they had a big audience or not, didn't really matter. But I reached out in a very sincere way and he said yes. And I think this first interview where I didn't have any, I didn't know how to set up an interview or anything, but I tried, I figured it out and I actually turned, you know, interviews eventually into, you know, a business, so to speak, when I did my branding summit. So that's kind of interesting how it all came together, you know, to to today, you know, when I when I have this success with summits, I'm now all even helping other people with summits. Got it. So you kind of you kind of you know you're trying to figure something out, and you kind of you're doing this internet marketing stuff. You you you're figuring out how to do podcasts, and all of a sudden you stumbled into virtual summits. Can you mm-hmm. first talk about what virtual summits are, and I guess how you even stumbled into it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's I mean. Like as I mentioned, I started with Pathlin. I pr- produced like really high quality content on my website for some time, but I I was a little bit frustrated. You know, I launched this podcast in in April. That was the official podcast when it went live in iTunes, the Lifestyle Architects. So I launched this. I had some great people on the show, like Robert Green. I interviewed Todd Herman, Nick Reese, uh, Laura Roder, Chris Ducker. You name it. I interviewed a lot of great people and. That was good for the relationship building. You know, I wrote this really in-depth post and guides. I had content upgrades. I was trying a lot of things to grow my list and my audience and also make money. But it wasn't really doing it. Great for relationship building and free mentorship, kind of. That was what I saw. It. I, I interviewed people I wanted to learn from. I was really interested. But then I had people in my audience. They were like, hey, Navid, your interviews, they are so great. They are so in-depth. I learned more from them than some courses I paid you know, hundreds, if not thousands of dollars for. And I was like, uh-huh. So what if I could do this like in some way and create an event? You know, and that's when I stumbled across some health summits and actually different industry than mine. And I saw, wow, they're making six to seven figures from those events. And it's free to sign up for. So people could actually grow their email list from those summits, which really appealed to me. It was like this aha moment. I just wanted to also go into it, but I didn't have experience there. And then I saw some other summits in the online marketing space, like from Marissa Murgatroyd, and she was doing great with them. And that gave me the guts to go after this, even though I didn't really know if it would work. I had some uh, some blog posts on my site already about personal branding, and they did well. You know, I had this roundup post about personal branding tips where I featured a lot of experts. And then I decided to do the branding summit, which turned into be the number one personal branding conference for online entrepreneurs. You know, I had 88 experts on there, which I don't recommend anyone go this route, have so many, but it was just the the way I choose to go. And that's how I came up with the name. I wanted to position myself kind of as an expert within personal branding. But then I niched down even more when people started asking me questions about, you know, how do you create a successful summit? How do you get speakers on board? How do you get them to promote and so on? And that's how I kind of became more of an expert in summits. I just obsessed over it, spent, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of hours just, you know, learning everything I could about virtual summits. Right. And, you know, people talk about the marketing, especially the online marketing space being so saturated, but all you really need to do is become an expert in one thing. And the thing is, the, the internet space is moving so quickly all the time. So, you know, Periscope's coming out, Snapchat, Snapchat's been out for a while, you know, you're doing the summits and you just really need to find your, you know, find the, find that niche that works out for you. Right. So, yeah, I guess the, you know, you, you talk about the branding summit. I mean, you know, I know you did a really recent summit too, uh, you know, with uh, Chandler uh, and that one. Can you talk a little bit about that summit and, you know, what type of numbers you saw? 
Yeah, first, first of all, I think it's important to give perspective. You know, when I did my first one, you know, essentially I interviewed the experts for my summit. They signed up for free from a landing page. And then on the thank you page, I offered an all access pass for it was like 97 bucks. And there was like an irresistible offer with some great bonuses included so that the people could go there and purchase it or already right when they signed up. And that was very important. So I started getting sales right when I started promoting the summit and then also during the summit, obviously. And to just put this in perspective, like what I got, like from my first summit, I had, you know, you know, I wanted to make something happen. I wanted to grow my business. Chandler, he already had a six-figure business, so it's interesting for people maybe starting out. They can see what I did, and they see what a successful business owner can do with the summit. So for me personally. When I did my summit, I got about 200 sales or $20,000 in profit that enabled me personally to quit my job and move abroad and get this freedom I always wanted. And also I added about 3,000 new email subscribers to my list for free. And now I'm about to surpass 10,000 people you know, in, this, in 2015. And I got this borrowed authority by being seen with all the speakers like Neil Patel, John Lee Dumas and all the other people I had on my summit. I got some great rewarding partnerships with some of the speakers on my summit as well. So I have like affiliate partnerships, you know, helping each other out afterwards and so on. I turned my existing audience, you know, I had about 1,000 people when I launched my summit. And, and then I obviously grew that with about 3,000 3, people. But I turned the fans I already had into super fans and now lifelong customers. They would purchase pretty much anything I promote to my audience. And so I started generating some sales while asleep. It was cool. I was in the gym. I was in the supermarket. So I got this experience and that was great. And also getting, getting like high-end consulting clients. That's really important because you're having the event in your industry and people are finding you because of that and they want to hire you. But what's really exciting is what happens after the summit is over. If you can leverage the momentum and that's what you need to figure out, you know, during because the summit is the first step. Then what's happened afterwards is the most that's where the work comes in too. You need to leverage the momentum you get from your summit. And I did that. But in January, I promoted some affiliate promotions. I launched also my pilot program for Virtual Summit Mastery, you know, for because people, you know, kept asking me about it. I had some coaching. So, but all in all, in January 2015, I made $40,000. And most was from Ramit Sethi's, you know, course here to launch, which I promoted. I also, I was a customer of this and interviewed some of his successful students previously. And uh, I became his number one affiliate ahead of big names like John Lee Dumas, Laura Roder, stuff like that. And my list was just about 3,700 people and I made that much money. So, I mean, my business was on track to hit six figures very soon in 2015 without a big list. It's not about how big your list is, but rather the engagement level of trust you build with your audience over time. And then after that, Business Insider... I got featured there, like 160,000 views, just snowballed afterwards. And Huffington Post wanted to quote me, stuff like that. That's all that happened because of my summit, you know, and also now getting success for my students, which kind of brings me to the most recent summit with Chandler. You know, that was a massive summit. We put in a lot of work. We had an affiliate manager on board. Chandler already, he was making six figures. He had a 12,500 email list when we started, but we grew that with 25,000 people, like 25,000 people registered. So it's about like 30,000 people now, something like that on his list. And that was crazy. And we got 
$300,000 in sales when we combine the old access pass and his high-end product self-publishing school together. You know, the, they promoted both during the summit. And now he got some really great relationships with key affiliates that will, uh, you know, promote self-publishing school in the future. And, you know, that's kind of what, what it led to for him. So I can see that summits really works for whether you're starting out, you're kind of in the, in the trenches in the middle of your business, you want to grow that, or you're already quite successful and you want to take that to the next level. It definitely works. Got it. Okay. So let's, let's dive a little bit into the, the engagement portion afterwards. So what exactly are you sending people? Let's say that, you know, the summit is done. You know, what are you giving them afterwards and what does the, you know, what does the cadence look like? Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of things you can do after a summit. You know, just first of all, you need to figure out, you know, when you are doing your summit in the first place. Like Chandler was obvious he was going to do self-publishing summit because it's uh, what he helps people with, right? you know, write, write and market their books pretty much. But, you know, if you if you have that, keep that in mind. So afterwards, you can set up an evergreen, you know, evergreen summit. That's for sure. You can like keep growing your list, maybe have three to four free interviews on the front end from the landing page you can access you know and you set up like a sequence of let's say five emails that will go out to them so build some trust with new people coming in and then you can also pitch the whole access pass so that would be maybe even lower the price there again to 97 dollars and then have this urgency to raise the price and you know, you can make some more money this way as well. You know, that's an ent- can be like similar to an entry level product, like a little bit more expensive, but still it can work great. Or in the or instead of the interviews, depending on what you want to do with interviews, you can repurpose them into podcasts. Into I had a student; she became a number one Amazon bestselling author by taking the transcripts. You know, uh, putting some you know finishing touches to that you know she transcribed it and then rewriting this she became a number one amazon bestselling author by doing so and that's amazing credibility for her in her industry so that's just some ways you can there's so many ways you like blog posts guest posts there's a lot of things you can do by not wasting the time creating all this material for the summit and then it just sits there that's a big mistake people make they don't do anything with it so you can like really repurpose this all around the web it's just you have to figure out if you sold it, maybe not put all of the interviews on podcasts, you know, maybe a few. Right. So are you saying maybe, maybe this is a way to do it. Maybe you say, okay, there's, you know, you have 88 people, right? You have 88 guests. And let's say, you know, you take uh, eight interviews that were really good and you put them into like a sequence, give them away for free. And you're saying you can maybe sell them on an evergreen basis. Definitely. I mean, that's a, that's a great way. You have, obviously you have to drive traffic, but let's say you go on podcast, let's say you do guest posting, whatever you do to market your business, you can like mention this because it's free value rather than just putting a link to paid offer. You actually grow your email list faster. You, you can provide, let's say, maybe you, either you have like a PDF and summary or like a playbook of the summit, you know, like short summary of each interview in this playbook, or you offer, as I said, like three to four interviews for free, have people sign up there from a landing page. And then it comes to the thank you page. And you have, again, the option to purchase all access pass right away afterwards. But they also, in case they are on the fence or something, you can offer this via the email sequence, so they get an interview per day or something like that. And then at the end of the sequence, similar to a product launch, and that's what I always say with summits and a mistake I see people make, they're, you know, just half half doing their summits, but treat it as a real product launch. Like you're launching a product here, you know, and be clear with everything. So it's that's that's how you're gonna make this work. And you can set this up in a similar way afterwards too. So you have a sequence and then you're selling and uh, the summit as a as an evergreen product. 
Got it. Now, you know, a lot of this stuff is, you know, let's just look at your, you know, branding some, you know, things, things fade, you know, new tools come in, you know, people come in and out. And so, mm-hmm. you know, is it, if you put in summit on, if you put a summit on evergreen, cause you spent all this time on, I mean, how long can it be evergreen for? I mean, that's, that's a good question because something Chandler did well when we did the self-published success summit was that he didn't mention dates or anything in the interviews. Like he made it very clear for the speakers that in the future, if I choose to run the summit again, I mean, you can run the summit like it was live again, if you do it this way to new people, to a new audience, right? So it's really important. It really all depends what you want from it. If you're doing a live summit, yeah, maybe it's a little bit harder, but we, we, we did pre-recorded and they were great. And you can maybe not mention, don't mention the dates, you know, the day when you're doing the interview, just keep that out of it. So you can use this whenever you want. And it looks, it, it just looks better, you know, for, for the people. And I think that's what Chandler did. Well, for the branding summit, I didn't really do that, but it's still not, I mean, it's still evergreen. People can purchase it still. I haven't set up the full funnel for it, but I've done it for clients and students. And it works great by having a few interviews in the front end, driving traffic there, having them sign up. And then, you know, they can obviously purchase the all access pass and stuff like that. Okay. Now, what type of conversion rates are you seeing for, you know, visitor to email? And then also after that, you know, uh, for, you know, people to buy. So two types of conversion rates, email and a convert and a sale. Yeah, so the, the, you mean for, from the first landing page there, right? So right. yeah, that, that's, that's a good, good one. And I, I've seen anywhere from 40% on this landing page. I mean, this from, I mean, this is not like from, I wouldn't say it's from cold traffic. It's most, of the peop, most of the promotion is coming from uh, a, you know, speakers and affiliates. It's kind of warm. They already you know, build up some trust there. So 40 to, uh, 40 to even 70% on the high I've seen for landing pages you know, convert. You know, they all, all depends. It will go down a little bit you know, the more people you send there. But overall, like from 40 to, uh, 40 to 70, for self-publishing success summit uh, from the landing page for people just signing up, we had around closer to 50% from the landing page. And then on the all access pass, I had from the branding summit, I got about 3,000 people registered. I had about 6% conversion rate. Wow. And yeah, so that's very high for people who purchase. And that's why actually it's not only for me. I've seen that for a few people like AJ Amex, one of my other students, he had 6% conversion rate for the movement marketing summit too. Like from people who are signing up, he got about... Uh, 2,400 people registered for his summit and then he got like 139 sales, something like that. And that's like pretty high conversion. And also Chandler, we got 25,000 opt-ins, over 25,000. We got about five, around 5% conversion. And he, he went up during the summit. So we, we saw a trend uh, when we started promoting it first. We, yes, we got a lot of sales, but we, the conversion was in the beginning, maybe around 2.5 or something like that. And then it kept going up. The more we did, And then we, we did this price increase in the middle of the summit, kind of after the first week. And then it, we saw a big bump in conversion for the sales of the all access pass. Okay. Now, what if, you know, let's talk about Evergreen again, you know, mm-hmm. um, who right now, which one of your clients right now are running, let's just say, you know, a lot of people are like, you know, I'm going to put in the work, I'm going to run Facebook traffic towards this, I'm going to keep making the investment. Who is actually doing a good job with, you know, Facebook ads towards the summit right now? You know, are any of your clients doing that well? 
I've I've been tested it with the self publishing success summit, and we we were very successful with just the retargeting part. But honestly, the Facebook ads itself, we didn't really have time to dial all that in. There was some issues there, but in terms of running. Ads. I would say actually Nick Unsworth did a good job. He's not one of my clients, but he did a good job for his Life on Fire Summit running ads to a summit. And I have I've interviewed some people about it. It's just I've seen like putting yourself, you know, the the image. But it's this very advanced topic, and I'm by far not a Facebook ads expert. But it's it's a great way for a summit because you have if you have people like Brian Tracy on there, you have you know big names. You can just you know maybe run traffic towards towards them, and it will be. You know, convert better, but I'm not a Facebook ads expert, so I, <laughs> I can't you know tell you too much about it. I just know Nick Unsworth did a good job with the last summit he did. Got it. Okay. Now let's let's talk about A-listers for a second. You know, you mentioned guys like Brian Tracy. So first of all, can you talk about some of the A-listers that you've managed to get in the past? And mm-hmm. next after that, how do you get these A-listers? Yeah, definitely. I mean, Brian Tracy was probably the biggest biggest name we had on the self publishing success summit. We had. Michael Porton, we had, uh, I mean, I've had Neil Patel, that's, you know, you, you're, you're good friends with him. Uh, I had John Lee Dumas on the summit, I had Rand Fishkin, you know, I had some really big names, you know, top of their industry, basically making seven to eight figures, even more in the business. I invited them on to be a speaker, but I, I, what I've seen is like, it's good to have a mix like of A-listers, B-listers and C-listers, depending on where you are in your business. But I think you're going to have the A-listers on a summit like Brian, the Brian Traces, the you know Michael Port, you want to have them for the credibility and you know to lift your authority. But then you're also going to have people. Maybe they are a few steps ahead of you. They have a good size e- email list and they are eager to promote. They want to share your summit because they want to be seen next to Brian Tracy, right? They want to be seen next to him. It's massive credibility for them to be on a nice summit. It's well designed. It's professional. Plus. Plus, you have some amazing speakers on there. So I would say that the mix of people you have on there is quite important, especially if you are new. So you don't think, hey, I'm going to get only you know the top A-listers there because they're not going to promote most likely. And you're not going to get a Brian Tracy to promote. It's, it's very difficult. Neil Patel won't promote you, people like that. So that's that's just my take on you know really when, when it comes to dividing people. So even before you start approaching people to be on your summit make a list you know depending on how many you want I would say 15 to 30 people is a good amount on a summit we just went a little bit overboard obviously on my first one I don't recommend anyone <laughs> to do 88 speakers but for channelers we we divided it very good we had the sections or the faces we had the writing phase the marketing publishing and the monetizing so it was very easy to do, you know put people in those faces without like saying, oh, we're just going to put a lot of people on this summit and see where it goes, right? It was like an online course pretty much. They could go through. The people who, who signed up, it was like a program. So people could go through. They wanted to write a book. Then they spend the most time on the first phase. If they wanted to market and publish it, they go to the second phase and so on, monetizing the third. So I think that's important because that's going to... Then you know what kind of speakers you need on your summit. If you... If you Think about it a little bit like a program and a course because the best courses out there, what do they do? They have a step-by-step system, right? So people can get some actionable results. And I think that's very important with a summit as well because you're going to sell this information. It's not just going to be something you have on a podcast for free. This is going to be something people pay for and you want to be able to get them results from this information because if you do that, then you can also, uh, you know, sell them more products, higher end products, because they are so happy with this, you know, no brainer offer you offered with a summit. 
Right. Just speaking from experience from mine, you know, the, you can't, you know, we, we both have podcasts and I, I think that the, the, the thing I learned is that you can't just give like an audio version of the podcast. You actually have to have like a, you know, you, you have to have the, you know, the, the presentation itself. And then you also have to add, you have to add, you know, value as well, such as uh, let's talk about, you know, execution plans, transcripts and things like that and make it all packaged uh-huh. up. So it feels like something professional, right? Yes. I'm so glad you said that because it's important that you, Yes, you're going to have the interviews, like the video. I also read this is also an important point. We see these telesummits. I'm sure some of your audience, they've heard telesummits or whatever. And that's kind of the old concept. I'm trying to reinvent summits a little bit because they've been around for a long time. It's just really, lately a lot of people want to do them. But what's important is that it's video, I think. It's going to be video interviews or presentation like you did for for your summit there, Erica, it was it was great. You had a presentation that also works. But I wouldn't just do audio or with a pl- platform like Instant Teleseminar. That's just horrible. The audio sucks there, quite frankly. So you do Google Hangouts or Skype interviews or whatever you are using. But do is gonna be video for the for the new form. We are in 2015, so video is for sure the way to go there. Or presentation presentation style like you did with your summit. Got it. Okay. Now let's let's go back to the the, the A listers for a second. Sure. So you know the there's a there's a good reason why A listers won't promote, and so why do you think that is from your experience? Yeah, I mean, first of all, they are busy. You know, even if you are good friends with them, it's not always certain that they will promote your list. I mean, for sure, like someone like Brian Tracy, it's like if you can just get someone like that on a summit, which we can get into a little bit, but that's that's amazing, right? That's already adds a lot of credibility. But sometimes it's all about make it as easy as possible for people to promote. It never hurts to ask them, you know, but don't be someone, if you're in the early stages of your business, don't be someone who who puts this like in a, in, in the you know in a small text in a speaker contract that they need to promote that just comes doesn't come across in a good way rather focus on the relationship and when you're interviewing them focus on doing the best possible interview they've ever done or something so they deliver their best content because if they do that like they feel that this is really going to help their audience in some way then they will be much more likely to share it with their audience too. So that's that's my take on it. It's like you can ask. I mean, I always ask people. I make this spreadsheet so I can estimate my numbers so I can see, okay, this person is going to promote. He said he will promote on social. He will promote to their list. They will send one solo email. So I kind of make these notes so I, so I don't have to guesswork when it comes to the promotion side of things later. You know, it's you, you have to make it easy for speakers. You're going to have the swipe copy. You're going to have the graphics, everything. Make it super easy. And as I mentioned already in this interview, treat it as a product launch. You're going to have a promotional calendar. Like exactly when you say when it's the, when it's the best place to send out to their list. When, and give them this, you know, a few weeks ahead of time. You know, you start promotion maybe three to four weeks before. Maybe affiliates start promoting two weeks before. So, so you know, two weeks before. I, we did that with Self-Publishing Success Summit. And that worked great when affiliates and speakers start promoting it. And But we already sent this information ahead of time to them you know we had this affiliate manager obviously and he's he sent out continued to follow up with people and follow up is key being a little persistent with people in a non-pushy way i think that's how you can get 
big names to promote and other people is just about following up focus on the relationship with them you know if you're doing a great job with your summit they will want to share that with their audience as well you know if, if it's a good fit in their promotional schedule which you can actually ask them in the beginning before you even schedule in an interview with them if they can promote right Totally. Yeah. It's, you know, you've talked about so many things that just, I, I, I can feel, you know, I can just feel people getting overwhelmed because there's so many moving yeah. parts. So, I mean, it do is. you have a, uh, do you have any type of, sort of a checklist that people can follow yeah. for these summits? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I have, the, I have actually a checklist. Chandler followed this before we start working on the self-publishing success summit. He, he, fo- he actually filled this out. This is my seven step cheat sheet to create, promote and profit from a virtual summit to skyrocket your business and brand online. And you can find that over at virtualsummitmastery.com forward slash cheat sheet. So that's the seven steps. And it kind of just lays out the steps in the system. I always do when I, whenever I do a summit or, I do one with a you know client or my students. They are using this seven-step system to get really great results with their summits, so they can grow their business and brand. Right. Yeah. And just uh, I think that's super helpful. We'll definitely um, we definitely have to drop that in the show notes. I think you have sure. some other goodies we'll talk about later. Um, uh-huh. But you know, I just wanted to share an anecdote with everyone about you know a lister. So you know, you mentioned me being buddies with Neil Patel. Obviously, he's got a massive brand when it comes to uh, online marketing, which was kind of what my summit was all about. So. Obviously, you know, having him promote would be massive. And, you know, when I asked him, he said, no, I, I just can't do it because I said, why? You know, I was like, you know, what the hell? We're, we're buddies, right? But that, that's not that's not what matters because at the end of the day, if he helps me promote, he has to help other big names promote yeah. as well. And that he has yeah. to protect his brand image at the end of the day. Uh, you know, he's going to open the floodgates to everyone. OK, yeah. so it makes total sense for him to not do it. And that's why the A-listers won't do it. Yeah, I mean, some of the A-listers will. We got A-listers to promote, and it's like some strategies there, as I already mentioned, what you can do. Like, you follow up with them. You know, if it's a good fit in their schedule, you you give them... If you create, like, these graphics with their, you know, you know image on there, the, maybe the topic they're speaking about and the date, you know, most people will at least share on social media. If mm-hmm. you make the effort to do something like that, create something great, you can use Canva or Photoshop if you're more design skill, you know, but it's... It, you just put in the work there, you know, make it easy for them. You know, you have this affiliate page with a promotional calendar. We had that for the self-publishing success summit. And if you have a business already, that's actually something I wanted to get into. Obviously, some people would say, okay, the affiliate commission the speakers would make, that's a win. Okay, it depends what they make in their business. If they have a seven-figure business to make uh, like 50% of a $97 all-access pass, it's not that much, just like less than 50 bucks, right? So that, that will not be the biggest win. But if you have a business already and you have a high-end product like Chandler had, you can offer this. So when you're pitching this product at the end of your summit and selling that to your people who attended the summit, the, actually the people, like the speakers and affiliates, they get paid. They get a commission. They're maybe 40 to 50% and they can be a lifetime cookie. So they always get paid whether they purchase now or a year from year from now. So that's a big win, especially when you have other affiliates than speakers on board, because then they will, you know, they are more maybe thinking about how much money will I make for promoting this event, right? So that's a big win if you have a business already and what you can do to kind of further add value to the speakers. Right. Totally agree with that. It's something that Chandler, I actually was lucky enough to speak with him before I launched mine. And he was like, yeah, you know, do the social media thing that you just talked about, you know, so last minute, we created all these social media images. And some people that were a little averse to promoting even on social that that said no, initially, once they sent them the images, they're like, okay, fine, I give up, you put in the work, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna promote through social. Yeah. 
is some, something else here is that also, you know, how do you, a lot of people ask me all the time, how do you make it a big win-win for speaker? I already mentioned some things here, but if you are very new, you want to, you know, you, you don't, you maybe don't have a high-end product you can sell at the end of your summit. You just want to use the summit as a starting point. Well, you can do it that at least, you know, the speakers probably want to promote something. So you can have like a link. You don't have to mention it or pitch a lot in the actual interview or the presentation, but you can have a link to their freebie so they can grow their email list with hundreds hundreds of people from just doing a 45 to an hour interview. And that's pretty good use of the time. They probably won't get that from just doing a regular podcast interview. People are in the car, you know, and some of it is actually people are on this page. They are watching this session and that's like how they can click through. They need to actually be there. I mean, obviously they can watch on their phone, but they see the links, they see everything right away there. So I think the perceived value of a summit, you know, that's how you can also position it for speakers, you know, in order to get them maybe to share it out with their audience. Got it. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Um, and there's one thing I wanted to talk about as well that was just about to slip my mind. So I don't want to let it go before I forget. Um, sure. What are the critical tools that you've used with Summit? Because I, I you know, for, for us, we had to plug in all this crap together. So what do you use? Yeah, I mean, I, I use a custom design WordPress, but actually now that I see a lot of people in my you know program and other people coming to me you know how can i do this you know i want also a well designed summit because i be- i believe that's one of the criteria for a really you know successful summit or people will see rave about it you know they they like it and so on so i actually looked into click funnels and i know you use that a little bit and i have a friend of mine who works with click funnels and he was like i can re- i can actually redo or like rebuild all the pages like you spent thousands of dollars on for the self publishing success summit i can rebuild all of those in click funnels so it's totally possible to run an entire summit with click funnels i haven't done it but i know a student of mine did it you did you did some work with click funnels i know that so i think click funnels is a great tool actually Got it. Yeah. So, I mean, the way we use ClickFunnels, uh, we, you know, we use a combination of Optimized Press, which is a WordPress plugin for the landing pages. And then, you know, for ClickFunnels, we use it as the, as the Summit replay session. So after people right. purchase, they can go through there and use it. And it's, it's really simple. I use, use ClickFunnels for another course too, and it's worked out well. So yeah. you have ClickFunnels. Um, what else do you consider critical to the operation? Yeah. I mean, if you use ClickFunnels, there's one thing. If you use WordPress, you want to give the breakdown. So if you use WordPress, there's also things you can do with WordPress. I would use WordPress with probably wish list, you know, for the all-access members. For the free part of the summit, you don't have to do much. You don't have to protect anything for the free part. It's just about uh, scheduling things, you know, so it goes live. It kind of like, a, you know, can schedule the page. That's what we did with Chandler Summit. You know, I didn't do it for my first one. It was a, <laughs> you can just imagine with 80, 80 plus interviews how much of a headache I must have was I've had to like really make this go live, you know, change the videos and so on. But I for challenge, I just schedule it to go live, you know, this specific day, date and time is set. And then after, you know, the 24 hour or 48 hour session was over, I just removed it. I put it in draft again. That's it. You know, and that was that was very simple. And for the videos, just to move on here, I used Vimeo Pro and it's like $197. And obviously, you need some recordings, recording things like you need Ecamm. If you're using Skype, you need Ecamm call recorder. If you're on a Mac, Pamela, if you're on a, on a PC, I prefer actually these days, I prefer Google Hangouts. It's just, you know, sim- more simple. I can just set it up there and then download the videos and upload, you know, maybe do some editing, add a bumper in there and then upload to Vimeo. It's pretty simple, actually, uh, when it comes to this. I, I like Hangouts. And then 
what else you need. You, I mean, I, I think it's pretty straightforward. You need like a payment processor, you need affiliate program, all this depends what you use. I used Aweber for my first one for the email email marketing and for now I use Infusionsoft. So with Aweber they don't have affiliate programs and all this. Then you would need something like Deal Guardian, uh, ClickBank, uh, Premium Webcard for uh, for the affiliate program and shopping cart. And then Infusionsoft obviously had they had they got that built in, which is very convenient. So that's just some options. I think I think there's not a perfect solution for affiliate program. I know some people in my my, my some of my students they're using ClickBank right now, and you need at least one interview in the kind of in your membership when you are putting it together or something like that. They have some rules, so it's worth checking that out. You know, there are terms and conditions like in order so you can so you don't have any problems there when you are when you are applying to be be an affiliate. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I think, uh, you know, we'll list all of these tools in the, in the show notes. Obviously it's, it's, you know, it's comprehensive and, you know, you can definitely plug and play other things if you're already using other stuff, sure. if you're not tied to anything. Um, okay. So let's switch gears a little bit. Uh-huh. The, what's one big struggle you faced while growing your business? I mean, it was uh, my, my biggest struggle, you know, till I did my summit was growing my list. <laughs> Quite frankly, you know, we, we always hear about it, you know, like really growing the list. I was writing these like really comprehensive guides and, you know, it didn't really grow my list. It was a great relationship builder with my, with the people I was interviewing for my podcast and my audience, my small audience at the time, but it was not really growing my list much, even though I was trying the content upgrades and you know, trying to promote it and so on. But my list didn't really grow until I hit this kind of turning, turning point where my business just took it, take it, took it to the next level when doing my summit. Got it. Okay. And what, uh, you know, I mean, you know, you started from nothing and this has been recent. I mean, how many, you know, how many visitors are you getting for your blog per month right now? And, you know, how many email subscribers do you have? Uh, right. I mean, my blog, I, it depends if I post, I, I would say a couple of hundred a day. If I post, I can get up to a thousand. It's just like, depends like on the day. I'm, I'm not, I haven't really posted that much after I did my summit. Now I just got back to it, but I didn't so much other thing, but I actually getting more traffic than I was posting before, you know, like last year. So it's quite interesting how things just grew organically over time. I didn't even do that much uh, you know, content marketing with my blog, you know, so that's, that's great. And email subscribers right now have about seven to 8,000, but it's going to grow up over 10,000, surpass 10,000 this year, I think. Nice. That's awesome. And it's, it's been a really short period of time too. So, I mean, you know, that's another testament, you know, uh, Brian Dean from the, you know, one of our other interviewees talks about, you know, the power of evergreen content. I think his blog, you know, gets over 90,000 plus or probably over 100,000 plus now. And it's really only on, I think it's less than 30 blog posts. So it just shows you, you know, the power of, right. of evergreen content. Yeah. And I want to move that over to kind of how you, you know, you, you have a post about how you write a thousand words per day. How do you do that? Uh, well, it's not, it's actually my, it's a guest post on my website, okay. but it's a really good one. I, I want, because I, this is something I, I did just to bring this back to when I started, you know, I, I was interviewing people, but I also did a blog challenge uh, from Natalie Sisson, a good friend of mine. And I did this blog challenge just to find my voice a little bit. That was just when I started. I wrote 40,000 words in like 20 days. So I can, it's just like, I, I think, I think for me, if I were, I haven't done it now. And since I'm focusing on the launch so much, you know, with my product, but I, when I do it, I just like need to get it done right after 
my morning ritual in the morning. I need to get like my, that would be the, one of the tasks I would do right away. Like write a thousand words, you know, have it already on my, on my list of things to do and just get it done and make it more of a habit, you know, not something I, I need to plan in that much. So it's just going to be part of, part of what I do every single day. I totally agree with that. It's, you know, writing, you know, sometimes I have that averse feeling to it, but it's, it's almost like working out. You, do, you don't regret doing it afterwards, yeah. right? And you know what I've heard also? I've heard, I, I mean, maybe you've also heard this, but I, I've heard that, you know, some of the most successful people, you know, entrepreneurs in this world, they create something every single day. And that's usually sometimes that's actually related to their writing. So that's very interesting. I, I think someone posted that on Facebook. I was like, oh, maybe that's true. So <laughs> no, I, I, definitely, like, I, I definitely remember reading something like that. I, I think it's true because you just have a different feeling about it. And, and the fact is this, right? If you're doing a morning ritual already, that's already hard enough. Then you're adding writing on top. It's like you've almost, you, you've started the day off conquering stuff already. And I think uh -huh. it puts you in the right mindset. Sure. Okay. So the, I mean, I mean, you know, usually, typically, you know, one of my questions is about the morning ritual. And because you talked about it, what is your morning ritual? Yeah, so just to, just to keep this clear, I, I actually, I wrote about it a little bit in my, I have this epic biz and lifestyle review. So I try to, like, I try to improve on that because I moved abroad from Sweden. It was, like, far from a perfect morning ritual when I lived in Sweden. Then it actually improved when I moved abroad and tr start traveling because I had this freedom. And now, a perfect morning ritual, I don't do it every single day but most days I when I do it it's like my so productive so in the morning I get up very early around 6 maybe to 6 30 and uh, I drink a big glass of water and that's the first thing and then uh, I go after that I, I go down I have to have my pool here so I try to go for a swim or to, to do workout and then after that when I'm done with my work and all this I go home again and you know do my you know make a healthy breakfast eat that and then I get on with my day pretty much. That's and sometimes actually what I forgot there, I throw in some I'm trying to throw in some meditation, like very short, like five to ten minutes. I'm trying to get into it in the, like right when I wake up after I drink my water. I'm trying to do some meditation, but that's just in the progress, getting used to this and uh, this actually. And I've I've heard great things about people who are meditating daily and I'm just trying to get it in as well. Yeah, no, it it totally helps. I mean, you know, we even when you, you're failing at meditation, you keep thinking about other things. You know, what I heard was you're not really failing at it because you're trying to meditate. So you are actually yeah. being successful. So sometimes, you know, you just get in a good flow and you feel good the whole day. Sometimes you just suck the whole time. Yeah, I mean, it's also important to note that um, there's people that they have this, oh, I got to every day do this perfect thing. I, I'm not perfect every day. You know, some, some days I slip through, you know, maybe it's not perfect. But I mean, it's a, just a testament that you can be someone you can be successful you can still do things but obviously should try to always if, if i stick to the morning morning ritual and do these things it's just it's i know this will set me up for a really good day i will get all my most important things done you know i try to plan pretty much tomorrow today the night before i make the list of the um, three most important tasks to get done in the morning i get i do that right after i'm done with my morning ritual right and you know, you talked about Tim Ferriss earlier and from his podcast, you know, my friend was actually telling me, he's like, you know, every single high performer he talks to, whether it's like Arnold Schwarzenegger or it's like the CEO of Evernote, whatever, almost all of them have a you know morning routine, which includes meditation. So my friend was like, basically, if you don't meditate, you suck. So, you know, I'm not going to take it that far, but it's a really interesting yeah, point of view. Yeah, I've heard like all my, all my entrepreneurial friends now. I mean, I think it's, it's also like, I mean, it, it is really, it's really good, actually. I have done it and it really is getting into my mind. I sit here outside on the balcony sometimes and it's, it's great. So I like it. Cool. 
So you talked about some other books. You talked about some books in the beginning that you love. What's another book you'd recommend to everyone? Mm, let me think. Just, I mean, I can just mention the, let's see, the, the more, Miracle Morning is like, since we talked about, if you're really struggling with your morning routine or whatever, then I, that's a great book, The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. Another book I really love is, let's see, Crush It by Gary Vaynerchuk was, had a big impact on my life early on when I, I, I think I stumbled across that like after some, you know, when I started my you know, blog and all this, I, I read a ton of books. That was one. The $100 Startup by Chris Gillibo was also a big impact early on, you know, when I started. So now I think what I'm trying to do now, I'm, try, I, I'm usually reading something when it can help me in my business. So, for example, the... You know, product launched by Jeff Walker, you know, that the product launch formula, right? That, that was a book I read because I'm now launching a product. So that was a recent one. I had read, I read it before. I just wanted to, you know, go back to it and see if there was something I missed. So that's what I'm trying to do today when I'm reading books and, you know, books on funnels, stuff like that I'm interested in at the moment. Mm, yeah, great book. Uh, have you read, uh, what, what do you call it? What's it called? Uh, is it Dotcom Secrets? All right, that was actually a book I was going to mention. I I'm I just ordered that book actually. I hope to get it very soon. And a book I'm rec- I, I'm looking forward to reading is uh, I think Michael Port is coming up with a coming out with a book soon called Steal the Show. I, I'm looking forward to that. Lewis House has a book coming out too. The you know, school you know the school of greatness. So there's there's some great books also coming out. I'm you know looking forward to. Yeah, let me know if you don't get dot com secrets because I have four copies here. Uh, really? Yeah, let me know. Um, anyway, no, it's, it's a phenomenal book. And I think another one uh, that I was just reading because Infusionsoft sent me a book, uh, was it Ryan Dice's uh, Invisible Selling Machine? So it's almost, right. I also, yeah. I also heard about that one. I, it's also on my list. I made a list of books. I have also an Audible account. So I get like one or two books every month I can read there. But sometimes the audio, audio version doesn't come out right away. So I have to order you know, the physical copy or you know, the Kindle version to my iPad. There you go. Well, Naveed, this has been incredible. You know, what's the best way for people to find you online? Yeah, obviously my personal website, navidmoases.com, or you know, if people can spell that, they can go to navid.me. And if you want if you're more if you want more about virtual summits, you know, I have some great free content coming out very soon. So you can check out first of all the seven step cheat sheet to create, promote, and profit from your own virtual summit. That's over at virtual summit mastery dot com forward slash cheat sheet and you'll find everything there awesome and we'll drop all of this in the show notes i mean this you know there's a lot to take on summits i i didn't know it was that much in the beginning and you know naveed has it all down so everyone this is naveed moazes and thanks so much for doing this naveed thanks so much hey everyone just a quick heads up that we're giving away a ebook called 29 growth hacking quick wins we co-authored this book with Matan Griffel of one month and it'll give you a solid base on where you can create growth ideas from so all you need to do is text quick tips to 33444. That's the word quick Q U I C K and tips T I P S is in sugar to 33444 and you get instant access. Thanks for listening to this episode of Growth Everywhere. If you loved what you heard, be sure to head back to growtheverywhere.com for today's show notes and a ton of additional resources. But before you go, hit the subscribe button to avoid missing out on next week's value-packed interview. Enjoy the rest of your week and remember to take action and continue growing.